If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside Podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day to day routine, there's something for everyone. Half of the world spends two to six hours a day on social media, and those numbers keep going up. A lot of the credit goes to Steve Jobs, the inventor of the iPhone and co-founder of Apple Computers. But when you picture Steve, make sure it's with his head up, addressing a crowd, looking into someone's eyes, or exploring the world, not bent over the little screen so many of us hold in our hands. Steve Jobs was the least likely in any crowd to be gazing at social media. He didn't use Facebook, and he didn't use Twitter. Like most inventors, Steve was always looking for the next idea, and he believed there was no substitute for a good old face-to-face exchange. He once said, There's a temptation in our network age to think that ideas can be developed by email and iChat. That's crazy. Creativity comes from spontaneous meetings, from random discussions. And while Steve Jobs did invent the iPhone, he didn't do it alone. He shared that credit with more than 10 other inventors. They had a lot of meetings. You could say that the recipe for inventing Apple's FaceTime was a lot of real-world face-to-face time, especially with a man named Roberto Garcia. Thanks, Roberto. Another reason Steve didn't spend time on social media was that so many of his good ideas come from the random inspiration he encountered in the real world. When discussing creativity, Steve talked a lot about connecting the dots. But it might be more accurate to say that Steve believed that first you had to collect the dots. Let me give you an example. You've probably heard that Steve Jobs dropped out of college, and that's true. But it's also a little misleading. It's more accurate to say that instead of becoming a dropout, Steve became a drop-in. Not only did Steve stick around campus, he kept taking classes. Steve dropped in on all kinds of classes, including one that would have a huge impact on modern computers and influence the look of almost everything you read today. You see, once Steve no longer had to worry about fulfilling requirements for a major, he was free to observe any class that interested him. With less on his schedule, he could take more walks. He could attend concerts and lectures that piqued his interest, even if they had no apparent connection to his field. A lot of these events were advertised on posters, really nice posters. Steve began to see the posters not just as information about events, but as works of art in themselves. Works of art that encouraged him to expand his world. How did they do this? Well, one way was through calligraphy which is a fancy kind of writing that Reed College, the school Steve dropped out of and into, happened to excel in. It wasn't why Steve chose the school, it wasn't what he was looking for. But calligraphy was everywhere, and Steve noticed the result – great posters. Steve collected the dot and dropped in to a calligraphy class. Years later, when he was designing the first Apple computers, Steve used the things he learned in calligraphy class to design the first suite of computer fonts. Here's how Steve put it. You can't connect the dots looking forward, you can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something – your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. 
because believing that the dots will connect down the road will give you the confidence to follow your heart even when it leads you off the well-worn path. And that will make all the difference. It's ironic that these connected dots replace dot matrix. Your grandpa knows what that is. Dot matrix is the typeface that digital dinosaurs and people in the 70s and early 80s used. It was ugly and hard to read. Thank goodness Steve took the walks that took him to the posters that took him to the class that, years later, inspired a fountain of fonts. If he'd simply looked up concert dates and times on the web or used Twitter, we'd still be using dot matrix today. Wait a minute, some fast-fingered brightsider is shouting. Look, Steve Jobs did use Twitter. Here's his account. Well, a quick scroll through it reveals this tweet. October 17th, 2011. Obviously, I'm not Steve Jobs, but I liked him so much that I made this Twitter account. So, if you, unlike Steve Jobs, are constantly attached to your screen, always do your research. That's what third-party trackers are doing their research on you. More on that later. But for now, just remember the meme where Abraham Lincoln, or sometimes William Shakespeare, warns you that not everything you read on the internet is true. A good tip for browsing the web is the classic, if something sounds too good to be true, it usually is. For example, it's a bummer, but that prince from a faraway country who wants to give you his fortune is only trying to break into your bank account. Then he'll take all your money and use your credit cards. And that no-skills job from home that pays thousands of dollars a month for watching TV? The information you give them when you sign up creates a window for cyber criminals to climb through. Then they'll take all your money and use your credit cards. Never give out personal information like your social security number or mother's maiden name. And what about those third-party trackers? Now, we all like parties. But third-party trackers aren't really party guests or even party crashers. These guys are spies, and the party they're spying on is you and everything you do online. When you move from site to site, they follow your tracks. Yikes! You won't even know they're there, at least not at first, but they leave a few tracks of their own. Here's a couple of ways you can tell if a third party is tracking you. If you're researching the ancient Colosseum in Rome and an ad pops up for gladiator wear, you've been tracked. You get an email, like from that prince who wants to send you money. Careful, email is a favored way for cyber criminals to spread computer viruses. Sometimes the email will look like it came from someone you know, but it's not. In the year 2000, the I love you virus hit 50 million people and caused billions of dollars of damage. Every day, countless new viruses hit the inboxes of unsuspecting computers. You get the virus by clicking, usually on a link, so don't. It's not just cyber criminals and trackers you have to watch out for either. The person who can do you the most damage on the web is you. Never post anything online that you don't want to have track you forever. Be especially careful with the jokes. Well, I'm in trouble. Hey, don't get me wrong, it's great that you can belch the alphabet. In fact, it's so great that 20 years from now, that burp video might be the first thing an employer sees when you apply to conduct the symphony. Who knows? Maybe she'll have a sense of humor. 
Maybe you'll conduct the debut of Bach's Brandon Burp Concerto. <laughs> Give me a ticket. But maybe not. And some jokes have disastrous consequences. Getting into Harvard is a dream come true. Congratulations! But if you're not careful, social media can take your dreams away. In April of 2017, officials at Harvard discovered a Facebook group where accepted students made some jokes in bad taste. Even though the students insisted that it was all in fun, and many of the jokes were about themselves, Harvard revoked the admission from 10 students. Don't let that happen to you. If you're smart enough to get into Harvard, you're smart enough not to post offensive material. This doesn't mean you have to give up social media. It's fun, informative, and lots of jobs and schoolwork require it. Just practice safe behavior. And if something does go wrong, take heart. At 30, Steve Jobs was fired from his own company. The board of directors at Apple asked him to step down. What could go more wrong than that? But Steve said it was the best thing that could have happened. Once again, he was free to explore new things, to collect more dots. Steve Jobs founded Pixar and Next. And in 1996, Apple bought Next and Steve Jobs came home to his company. All this before he even invented the iPhone.